Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage is from Psalm 116, 117, and 118. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. So just these first seven verses, you see just the, re- the recounting or the, the call to remembrance of the Lord's favor and faithfulness. I know we've talked a lot in the Psalms about the human condition and the forgetfulness of our minds because we are incredibly forgetful. I, I preached a sermon once about how I believe that God has intentionally made us forgetful. I don't think it's a curse. I think it's a blessing because just as easily as we unfortunately forget the Lord's favor and faithfulness, we also forget the mistakes of our past and the wrongs that others have done to us and the traumas and the griefs that we've experienced. If God hadn't given us such a forgetful nature, it would be incredibly hard for us to continue on past certain things you know you you know the feeling and the way that it it's devastating to you when you lose a loved one you know if that feeling was to never to you know leave you it would be crushing because the mind wasn't even developed to actually be able to process and understand death because we were made to live in the garden where there would be no death and so that's why the grief process is so difficult. Yet the Lord in his goodness giving us that forgetful nature, we never forget about those that we lose, but but the pain begins to fade because the memory of the moment when they died begins to shift, you know? And, and so point of it is it's not a curse our forgetfulness i believe it's a blessing but we have to accept it understand it submit to it and then actively recount and remind our souls of all the good things that the lord has done you know you know you could you ever heard of the the expression a pity party you ever been to have you ever been to one of those parties you ever hosted one at your house maybe just you and 
yourself, maybe a box of chocolates, <laughs> right? A pity party is basically when you sit down and um, I believe that, not to go too deep, well actually just to go very deep, but I believe there are demons everywhere dragging people into pity parties. I believe it's an assignment of the enemy to romance us into these pity parties because they're so detrimental. Because what a pity party is, is the exact opposite of what a, what a praise is. So a pity party is me sitting down and recounting or calling forth to my soul the remembrance of everything that's ever happened to me that I didn't like. And you, depending on how much time you've got for this party, depending on what your party budget is, you can go all the way back <laughs> to your childhood if you want to. Well, my problem was really that my dad never really showed me enough attention. And I just, you know, and then you progress a little bit. Well, and, and in the fifth grade, I made a C on a math test and that shook my confidence. I never felt like I could really apply myself from then on. Well, and then in the ninth grade, I passed a note to Jenny and she didn't pass it back. And then that's when I began to develop a nature of introvertedness because I felt like no one loved me and you know you can just oh my goodness you could just buy you a pinata if you want to for your pity party you can just go on all day just keep beating at it and see what else falls out right and, and, and it's just and I know that we all fall victim to that so I'm not I'm not hopefully not condemning you I've had my fair share of pity parties you can ask my wife but what a pity party does it brings back to remembrance everything that's already passed that you didn't like and it drags you right back into the same feelings you felt when those things or those people or those events hurt you. Well, what, what we're encouraged to do in the Psalms and what we see so many of the psalmists do is just the opposite of a pity party. It's a praise party. Okay. And so that's how this Psalm starts off. It says, you know, I was about dead. The, the, there was a grip on me from Sheol. You know, I felt like I was wrapped up in hell. I mean, I was lost and nothing seemed like it was going my way. And then I called on the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. And you know what? The Lord did it. He's righteous and he's merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. So return, my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. So the soul, you know, we've talked about this as the mind the will, the emotions, or the heart. And so the soul is sometimes it gets, it loses rest because it, it lives in a world where there's not a lot of natural rest. There's a lot of natural anxiety and, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of constant moving and variables in the world. So the, the soul can very easily become, lose its rest. But when I have this praise party, and I start recounting all the wonderful deeds of the Lord and every time that he's delivered me that I've forgotten about. Okay, we do. We forget about it. And maybe we don't forget about it like if someone else were to tell us about it, we would have a blank stare on our face. No, but we forget about it in the sense of it's buried so deep in our minds that it no longer affects our character anymore. Okay, that, that, that's kind of a deeper understanding of forgetfulness. Okay, it's like a lot of husbands and wives forget the vows that they made when they got married. They forget about the love that they first had. 
they forget about it. Well, you say, do they really forget about it? Well, no, they don't really forget about it. They can still probably recite some of the things that they said when they were trying to romance each other. They can probably remember their first date, but they've forgotten, meaning they've let all of those things slide to the back of their of their minds. They're they're buried away somewhere in a safety deposit box, deep, deep in the mind. And so it's no longer affecting their character anymore. Okay? And so what we're supposed to do is get back into those files and pull that stuff back to the forefront because then it will change my faith and my character and my belief because it's back where it should be. So everything good that the Lord's ever done to me, I need to go out and get those files, bring them to the front. Go out and dig in those filing cabinets of my mind and go, Lord, I remember when you healed me. I was sick. Lord, I remember when you saved the church. It was, it looked like we were in trouble. I didn't, I didn't even want to be the pastor anymore. But you know what? You did it. You made a way. I called out to you and you, and you redeemed everything. You worked all things together for good. Lord, I remember when, when, we're, when we were scared and there was complications in one of our pregnancies and we, we were, we were, our souls were without rest. And you, you made everything work together. And now we have a perfect, beautiful, happy little girl. You know, these are powerful to bring back because now my character changes. Now my faith is restored. And now my soul has rest again. And so we need to be people that are hosting these praise parties and, and not letting the enemy drag us into these pity parties. Okay, and so he goes on to say, You have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, and I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? And call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. He goes on to say, you have loosed my bonds. So I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And call on the name of the Lord. You know, when they would make a sacrifice, it was bringing to the forefront of their minds their sinful nature. That this blood was having to be shed to once again cover their sinfulness. It was to it was to bring back into their minds that that, that that they were sinners and that they needed God. And the sacrifice of thanksgiving is the same. It's just a lot less messy. But it's me bringing my thanks to the Lord to bring back to my mind and to the forefront of my attention that without Jesus I'm nothing. But he has redeemed me and he's not going to give up yet. He loosed my bonds. He brought me out of low places and he'll do it again and again. And so it says, uh, uh, In the courts of the house of the Lord in the midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Psalm 117, extremely long psalm here. It's uh, two verses total. It's praise the Lord all nations. Extol him all peoples. For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. It's a short psalm. The theme continues into Psalm 118 as well. But it's an invitation for all the nations to praise the Lord because his love is steadfast. That, you see that phrase over and over again in the Psalms, steadfast love. Steadfast means immovable it means stayed okay it's like an anchor 
there's 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 no shifting of it okay so if i have if the lord has a steadfast love for me which he does it means that i can't make him not love me no matter what i do or where i go or what i say his love is locked on me like like a scope he has sights on me and it's locked and i never and i could never run from it okay it, his love will always pursue me and so and the faithfulness of the lord endures forever the lord is faithful right he keeps his promises now his love is steadfast for me but the real question is is my love steadfast for him because a lot of times our love for him is so dependent upon our ability to remember right and the seasons that we go through and the blessings that we have and how other people are treating us and how and how i'm feeling that day you know but our love is supposed to be as his love and his love is steadfast so my love for him should be immovable and my love for his people should be immovable we should seek to emulate the way in which the lord loves us psalm 118 says oh give thanks to the lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever forever and he goes on and he says let israel say let the house of aaron say let those who fear the lord say his steadfast love endures forever keep that on the forefront of your mind that the love of the lord is mighty and strong and powerful and it is never failing and it is never ceasing and out of my distress, I called on the Lord, and the Lord answered me, and he set me free. Uh-oh, look out. I think we got another praise party going on here. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can a man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord. I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. Skipping down to verse 17, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Again, he says, I am recounting the deeds of the Lord now. That's how I'm going to get through what I'm presently in, and I'm going to get through it, and then I'm going to recount the deeds of the Lord of how he's working valiantly in what I'm in presently, right? By faith. And so you see he's prophesying himself out of this battle as we've talked about. And he's having a praise party instead of a pity party to get himself through. He's bringing back forth to the forefront of his mind the Lord's character and the Lord's reputation and the Lord's resume of favor upon his life again. And then in verse 18 he says, The Lord has disciplined me severely. But he has not given me over to death. Right? And so that, that's, an under, that's an understanding of God's character we lose sometimes, isn't it? The Lord disciplines those he loves. It's not, it's really life can't be measured as simple as if good things happen to me or if bad things happen to me. Okay? Because sometimes things will happen to you that you perceive that are good. And they're actually wicked and evil. Truly. Because it may have seemed good to your flesh. But it was bad. It was wicked. It will eventually bring you to ruins. And then other times things will happen to you and you think this is a bad thing. Man, this just stinks. This is the worst thing that ever happened to me. I lost my job Tuesday. What am I going to do now? Well, you know what you're going to do? The Lord's going, he's turning this together for good. The Lord wanted you to lose that job. Why? Because he's got something better in store for you. So we have to understand. And, and he wants to develop character in you. Right? Can you, 
can what kind of character can you have now without having that job which was the thing that you've been leaning on for your identity for the last decade hmm see the lord disciplines those he loves we it's too simple minded for us to look at things as though they're good or they're bad okay we need to look for god in the good look for god in the bad right and even if he's not there even if even if you can't find him so to speak and this is just straight bad it's just bad. This is just the devil. He's just wearing us out. This just sucks. Well, just wait a little bit. Resist, resist the enemy. Submit to the Lord. The devil will flee. First Peter says, then after you suffer for a while, the Lord will restore you. He'll reestablish you. He'll strengthen you. He'll make it to where it was better than it was before. Genesis fifty twenty says, with the enemy intended for evil, God intends for good. Works all things together for good. Right? Later on in this psalm, it says, Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. And then it says, You are my God, I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. We need to be people that remember God's love's not going anywhere, so neither am I. 